Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Lady Esther takes great pleasure in bringing you Noel Coward's tender and gentle romance, Brief Encounter, adapted from J. Arthur Rank's screen production. It stars Herbert Marshall as Alec, Lily Palmer as Laura, with Eric Snowden as Fred. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Brief Encounter. It's a picture of perfect domesticity. The library of a pleasant English country home. A cheerful after-dinner fire. Two comfortable chairs and two quiet people. Laura Jessen with her evening's mending. Her husband, Fred, with his crossword puzzle. Laura, you're a poetry addict. See if you can help me over this. It's Keats. When I behold upon the night-starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high something in seven letters. Romance, I think. I'm almost sure it is. Huge, cloudy symbols of a high romance. Yes, that's it, yes. Fits in with delirium and Baluchistan. Romance. Mrs. Jessen, what would I ever do without you? (gasps) Fred. Laura, what on earth's the matter? (coughs) No, it's not. Darling. No, it's nothing. Darling, what's wrong? Tell me, please. Oh, really? Truly, it's nothing, Fred. I'm just a little run down, that's all. In Milford today, I had a sort of fainting spell in the refreshment room at the station. <laughs> Isn't that idiotic? Dolly Messiter was with me, and she talked and talked until I wanted to strangle her. But still, she meant to be kind. It's an awful about people meaning to be kind. Yes. Why don't you go to bed, dear? No, no, really, Fred. I'm quite all right now. But why a fainting spell? I can't understand it. Oh, don't be silly, darling. I'd been shopping, and I was tired, and the refreshment room was very hot, and suddenly I felt sick. 
Nothing more than that. Well, if you say so. Oh, really, really, nothing more than that. Now, get on with your old puzzle and leave me in peace. Have it your own way. Fred, would some music throw you off your stride? No, dear, I'd like it. Why don't you turn on the wireless? (laughs) I have. Oh. (laughs) Fred, Fred, dear Fred, there's so much I want to say to you. You're the only one in the world with enough wisdom and gentleness to understand. And you're the only one in the world I can never tell. Never. Because even if I waited until we were old, old people and told you then, you'd look back over the years and be hurt. And oh, my dear, I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want you to be... Uh, Darling, what's a five-letter word for... Oh, never mind, I've got it. You're my husband, Fred. We're happily married. I must never forget that. You're my husband. This is my home. My children are upstairs in bed. This is my whole world. But, oh, Fred, I've been so foolish. I couldn't ask you to understand it. I don't think I I understand it myself. But you see, I've fallen in love. started on an ordinary day in the most ordinary place in the world, the refreshment room at Milford Junction. My train wasn't due for ten minutes and I was sitting there reading. I looked up and saw him come in from the platform. Quite ordinary man in an ordinary coat. His hat was turned down and I didn't even see his face. He got his tea at the counter and turned and then I did see his face. It was rather a nice face and he had a nice voice. Is there any sugar, miss? In the bowl, sir. Oh, thank you. That was all, Fred. Just that. I might never have seen him again. Except that just then, the express came through. I went out on the platform to watch it pass. And suddenly, I felt a blinding pain in my eyes. Oh, brother, I thought I I caught a cinder. And I groped my way inside to the girl at the counter. Yes, ma'am. Is it something you want? Uh, Please, uh, could you give me a glass of water? I've got something in my eye, and I want to bathe it. Right, you are. Would you like me to have a look, Mum? Oh, don't, don't trouble. I expect the water will do it. Bit of coal dust, no doubt. Can be very nasty. Man I knew lost the sight of one eye getting a bit of grit in it. Any better, Mum? No, I, I'm afraid not. I beg your pardon. Can I be of any help? Oh, no, please. It, it's only something in my eye. Won't you let me have a look? I happen to be a doctor. Well, it's very kind of you. Not at all. You'll just turn to the light? That's fine. Now then, look up. Down. Hold still. I see it. Lend me your handkerchief. There, it's out. Oh, what a relief. It was agonizing. Well, how lucky for me that you happened to be here. Anybody could have done it. Yes, but you did, and I'm most grateful. Train now arriving in platform, please, for Charlie Lee Green and Langdon. My train, I'm afraid. Good afternoon. Well, thank you again. Good afternoon. A little thing like that, Fred. A cinder in my eye. Really, it meant nothing to me. So little that I simply forgot it. That is, I forgot it until the next Thursday. I'd gone into Milford again as usual, and darling, I bought your birthday present. Terribly expensive gift, but I knew you wanted it. And having made the plunge, I felt reckless and gay and decided to go to the Kadoma for lunch. The place was very full, but with a bit of luck, I got a table. And then just as I sat down, I saw him come in. He looked tired, I thought, and there was nowhere for him to sit. So I smiled and said, Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Oh, 
How's the eye? <laughs> Perfectly all right. Thanks to you. Well, there's nothing at all. Um, forgive me, are you all alone? Yes, I am. I... Would you mind if I shared your table? There doesn't seem to be anywhere else. Oh, I wouldn't mind at all. Please sit down. Thank you. I'm afraid we haven't been introduced properly. My name's Alec Harvey. Oh, how do you do? Mine's Laura Jessen. Mrs. or Miss? Mrs. And you're a doctor, aren't you? Not a very interesting doctor, just general practice. In Shirley. I see. Um, oh, they, uh, they started the music. Music? Strange, I hadn't recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> really, we shouldn't laugh. They'll see us. You know, there should be a society for the prevention of cruelty to musical instruments. You don't play the piano, I hope. I was forced to as a child. But you haven't kept it up. No, no, my husband isn't musical at all. Good for him. Still, for all you know, <laughs> I might have a tremendous burning professional talent. Oh, dear, no. Oh, why are you so sure? You're too sane and uncomplicated. Oh, thank you. Uh, do, you do you come here every Thursday? Yes, Stephen Lynn, the chief physician here, graduated with me. I take over for him once a week. Gives him a chance to go up to London and gives me a chance to study the hospital patients. I see. Do you... Do I what? Come here every Thursday? Oh, yes. Yes, I do the week's shopping and change my library book, have lunch and generally go to see a picture. Not very exciting, but it makes a change. Are you going to a picture this afternoon? Yes. How extraordinary, so am I. But I thought you had to be at the hospital. Well, between ourselves, I killed two patients by accident this morning, and the matron's very displeased with me. <laughs> I simply, I dare not go back. Oh, how can you be so silly? Oh, seriously, I did get most of my work done this morning. Would you mind very much if I came to the pictures with you? Well, I... I, I mean, I could I, sit downstairs and you could sit upstairs. Oh, upstairs is too expensive for me. Then perhaps we, we well, can... Well, still, I suppose, if we each paid our own way... Oh, look, here, yeah, you can't expect me to... Oh, please... I'd so much rather we each paid our own. I really would. Well, if you insist. Oh, I do insist. Too bad. I'd hoped you were going to treat me. <laughs> Not a bad picture at all. Though I didn't look for much with a title like that. Love in a mist. Well, you really shouldn't have bought my ticket. It was very extravagant. It was a famous bit. <clears throat> Besides, you wouldn't let me buy your lunch, so you see I made a profit on it. Oh, I beg your pardon. I said the wrong thing. Tell me, you feel guilty at all? Guilty? Well, you neglected your work this afternoon. I worked this morning, and a little relaxation never did harm to anyone. Why should I, Robert, feel guilty? Well, I don't know. What's she like, your wife? Madeline? Small? Dark, rather delicate. Funny, I should have thought you'd be fair. And your husband, what's he like? Um, medium height, brown hair, kindly, unemotional, and not delicate at all. You said that proudly. Did I? Well, perhaps I'm... Good heavens, here we are at the station already. Already? I haven't realized. The walk went so quickly, didn't it? Well, I, I imagine this is where we... Look, look, there's a good ten minutes before my train. Why can't we go in and have a cup of tea? Well... Believe me, you've nothing to worry about. I'll be very happy to pay for my own. <laughs> That's how it happened, Fred. It was all so natural and so innocent. Sitting there in the refreshment room, talking over a cup of tea. He talked about himself, his practice, what he hoped to do. But as the minutes passed, he talked faster and faster, almost at random, I thought. Until we heard what we've both been waiting for. Right now, driving platform, Chris, Shirley, Lady Grant, and London. That's your train. 
Yes. You mustn't miss it. No. Well, it's been very nice. I've enjoyed my afternoon immensely. Shall I see you again? Well, the, the picture was the best in weeks. Oh, shall I see you again? But I still wish you'd let me pay for no, my... No, please. Next Thursday, same time, the Cardoma. No. No, I, I couldn't possibly. No, please. Well, there's the whistle. You'll miss your train. All right. Run. Goodbye. I'll be there. I'll look for you. goodness you're back. Fred, what's the matter? It's all right, old girl, but you must keep calm and not be upset. What is it? What's wrong? It's Bobby. He was knocked down by a car on the way from school. Oh, no. Uh, nothing serious. He was just grazed by the mudguard. The doctor said he won't even miss one day of school, but he's been asking for you, Laura. You'd better go up to him. Fred, I felt so awful then, as though the whole thing were my fault, a sort of punishment, a sinister warning. But within the hour, everything had calmed down again. Bobby had gone off to sleep, delighted at being the center of attention. And we were sitting in the library, as usual. Very difficult puzzle tonight, Laura. Now, if I could just get this five-letter word for... Fred? Hmm? Fred, I had lunch with a strange man today, and he took me to the movies. Mm, good for you. He's awfully nice. He's a doctor. A very noble profession. Laura, it was Richard III who said my kingdom for a horse, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, darling. Well, I wish he hadn't. Spoils four other words. You know, I thought we might ask him to dinner one night. By all means. Who? Dr. Harvey, the one I was telling you about. Must it be dinner? Oh, you're never home for lunch. Exactly. Oh, Fred. <laughs> Laura... What on earth is the matter? Oh, nothing. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, Fred, I'm an absolute idiot. Worrying, worrying myself about things that don't exist. Make mountains out of molehills. Of course, I told you when you came in it was nothing serious. Darling, do you know a six-letter word for fate? I felt better then. And the following Thursday, when I went to meet Alex, it was mostly out of politeness, I thought. I waited for an hour at the Kadoma, but he didn't come. And all through the picture, I kept thinking about it, wondering if I'd misunderstood. So I left the theater early and went back to the station, and I watched the people come and go. And at last, I admitted it to myself. I was waiting for Alex. I wanted to see him. I was on the platform when his train pulled in. He wasn't anywhere in sight. And suddenly a wave of panic swept over me. What if he didn't come at all? What if I never saw him again? I couldn't quite understand myself. I felt empty and lost. But just as I was ready to turn away. Well, there you are. Then you did come. You did wait. Well, I thought I'm, perhaps... Dear, I'm so terribly sorry. The house surgeon had to operate suddenly. Oh, I... Don't bother now. You, you'll miss your train. I thought of sending a note to the Cardoma, but I thought they might embarrass you. You know, shouting your name. Oh, the whistle. Oh, you'll have to hurry. I was simply frantic. I thought I might never see you again. Oh, dear, the train. Now you'll have to run for it quick. Next Thursday, promise. Next Thursday. I promise. <laughs> The second act of the Lady Esther screen guild play will follow in a moment. 
Now, a word from Lady Esther. Is there any woman listening to me tonight who wouldn't like her skin to look fresher, clearer, more radiantly alive? No, I don't believe there is. Even if you're only 18, you want your skin to look even lovelier than it is. That's why you use cosmetics. And yet every day, I see young girls who are actually robbing their skin of its fresh, young look by using the wrong shade of face powder. The trouble is, there's too much talk about matching your face powder to your skin coloring. You don't want to match it, you want to flatter it. Many girls use a shade that's too light. For example, if your hair's blonde and your skin fair, try my brunette shade instead of a light one. You'll be astonished and thrilled at the way Lady Esther Brunette adds vitality to your skin, a more radiant bloom, and instantly your blonde hair looks more excitingly lovely. Your whole face lights up, takes on a new, more fascinating personality. But if your hair is dark brown or black and your skin fair and pale, then keep that dramatic contrast, but add a little warmth to your paleness. My Rochelle shade will do this for you. Lady Esther Rochelle is a pale, delicate shade, but with a subtle warmth that intensifies the contrast between your dark hair and your fair skin. I've given only two examples of how any girl can dramatize her skin with a shade of powder that flatters her skin coloring. Why don't you look at all my shades? Buy several in the small size and test the effect on your skin. Discover for yourself which Lady Esther shade does most for you. presents the second act of Brief Encounter, starring Lily Palmer and Herbert Marshall with Eric Snowden. Now we're back in the Jessen home again by the cheerful fire in the library. Fred Jessen still absorbed in his crossword puzzle... Laura still sitting with her thoughts. Fred, darling, if you could only understand. If I only thought I could make you understand. When I went to meet Alec that following Thursday, I told myself it was because I promised. But it's strange. By the Thursday after that, I didn't seem to need an excuse at all. My dear, it's good to see you again. Really, you, you don't know what these Thursdays mean to me. Well, what shall we do today? Another picture? There aren't any decent pictures playing. Then we'll go for a walk. The Botanical Gardens. Oh, do you think we should? So many people? And only children there. And it's a lovely day. But... Please. If we get so very little sun, I don't think we've any right to waste it. Oh, it really was a lovely afternoon, Fred. We took a boat. I went rowing on the lake. And Alec wasn't very good at it. <laughs> he kept rowing round and round in circles. And I felt gay and happy and sort of released. A little frightened, too, that I could feel that way, away from you with a stranger. And then suddenly Alec grew very quiet and stopped rowing and looked at me. Laura, you know what's happened, don't you? Yes, I think I do. I've fallen in love with you. Yes, I know. Tell me honestly. Please tell me honestly. If what I believe is true. What do you believe? That is the same with you. The true falling in love, too. It sounds so silly. 
Why? I know you so little. It is true, though, isn't it? Yes, it's true. Laura. No. No, please. We must be sensible. Now, please help me to be sensible. We must forget that uh, we've said what we've said. How can we? It's too late for that now. And anyway, whether we've said it or not couldn't have mattered. We know. We both of us know for a long time. How can you say that? I've only known you for four weeks. We only talked for the first time last Thursday week. Last Thursday week. Has it been a long time for you since then? Answer me truly. Yes. How often did you decide that you were never going to see me again? Several times a day. So did I. Oh, Alice. I love you. I love your wide eyes and the way you smile. And your shyness. And the way you laugh at my jokes. Please, don't... I love you. I love you. You love me, too. It's no use pretending it hasn't happened because it has. Yes, it has. I don't want to pretend anything, either to you or to anyone else. But from now on, I shall have to. That's what's wrong, don't you see? That's what spoils everything. That's why we must stop here and now talking like this. We're neither of us free to love each other. There's too much in the way. Mm. Now, we'd better row us in. We've got to catch our train. So we went back to the station, and Alec caught his train, and I caught mine. Like two civilized, miserable human beings. But it was strange. Once on the train, I wasn't miserable anymore. Suddenly, I, I felt quite wildly happy. I imagined him holding me in his arms, both of us a little younger, just as much in love and nothing in the way. I imagined being with him alone in all sorts of glamorous places, Paris, Venice, the South Seas. Oh, I flew the world with him until... Kitchworth! Coming into Kitchworth! That brought me rather sharply back to Earth. And by the time I reached home, I'd quite lost my wings. But then later, just as I'd finished changing for dinner, do you remember, Fred? You came to my room. Good evening, Mrs. Jason. Hello, dear. Have a good day? Yes, lovely. What'd you do? Oh, I hmm. shopped and had lunch and went to the pictures. All by yourself? Yes. No, not exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, not exactly? Well, I went to the pictures by myself, but I had lunch with Mary Norton. So she, and she couldn't come to the pictures with me because she had to go and see her in-laws. You know, they live just outside, outside Milford. You know? I haven't seen Mary Norton for ages. How is she looking? Very, very well, really. A little fatter, I thought. Well, hurry up and make yourself beautiful, darling. I want my dinner. Oh, Fred, that was a horrible evening for me. I'd lied to you. The first time in all our life together. That entire week was a misery. I went through it in a sort of trance. Didn't you ever notice you were living with a stranger? But Thursday came at last. And Alec was waiting when my train got into Milford. He'd rented a little car. He said it would be nice to drive to the country. He didn't talk very much as we drove along. And then finally we stopped at a little bridge... I remember the sun was struggling to come out. And we stood there on the bridge, looking down at the water. And I shivered. And Alec put his arm round me. Cold? No. Not really. Happy? No. Not really. 
Alex? I know exactly what you're going to say, that it isn't worth it, that the furtiveness, the lying outweigh the happiness we might have together. Isn't that it? Something like that. Laura, I want to ask you something. What? It is true for you, isn't it? This overwhelming feeling we have for each other, it's as true for you as it is for me, isn't it? It's true. Oh, my dear, my dear. I love you, Laura. I shall always love you. And I can't look at you now because I must tell you something. Laura, I'm going away. Where? A long way away. Africa, Johannesburg. When? Almost immediately. They're opening a new hospital. They cabled to ask if I could leave by the 10th. Next week? So soon? You want me to turn it down? You want me to stay? Oh, don't be foolish, Alec. Forgive me. Forgive you for what? For everything. For meeting you. For taking that cinder out of your eye. For loving you. For bringing you so much misery. I'll forgive you. If you'll forgive me. Hadn't we better be getting along? Getting back? Yes. We mustn't let you miss your train. Well, three more minutes. That confounded train of mine's always on time. Are you all right, darling? Yes. I'm all right. Wish I could think of something to say. Doesn't matter. I'm not saying anything, I mean. Do you think we shall ever see each other again? I don't know. Not for years, anyway. Could I just write to you once in a while? No, Alex. Please. You know we promised. All right, dear. But I do love you so much. I love you with all my heart and soul. I shall always love you. Until I... Train arriving in platform, please. Shirley, Lee, Green, and Langdon. Alex, your train. It's here. Oh, gentlemen, what a lovely surprise. Oh, Alec, go quickly. Darling, goodbye. Laura, my dear, this is a bit of luck. I haven't seen you for ages. I've been meaning to pop in, but Tony had measles, you know, and then I had that awful fuss over Phyllis. Oh, but of course you don't know, my dear, she left me. Mind you, I never cared for her much, but still Tony did. Tony and Laura, but I've always had It was Dolly Messiter, garrulous, well-meaning, stupid Dolly Messiter crashing in on my last few moments with Ellen. She chattered away, but I scarcely heard her. I was listening for his train to start. Then it did. I said to myself, he didn't go. He changed his mind. He'll come back in a moment. I'll see him again. But the moments passed, and he didn't come back. And finally, I heard Dolly saying, isn't that the express going through? I excused myself somehow and walked out on the platform. I stood there trembling on the very, on the very edge. I meant to do it, Fred. But I couldn't. I wasn't brave enough. I wish I could say it was the thought of you and the children that prevented me. But it wasn't. I had no thought at all. Only an overwhelming desire not to feel anything ever again. Not to be unhappy anymore. And then the express was gone. And I turned and went inside again. 
And that's when I nearly fainted. Laura. Laura. What? Oh, yes, dear. Whatever your dream was, it wasn't a very happy one, was it? No. Is there anything I can do to help? Yes, Fred. You always help. You've been a long way away. Thanks for coming back to me. Motion Picture Relief Fund, thank you Herbert Marshall, Eric Snowden, and Lily Palmer for your superb performances in tonight's play. And now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Do you ever look in your mirror and think that your skin doesn't look quite as smooth as you'd like it? Do your pores seem a bit too conspicuous? Well, has it occurred to you that your face powder may be to blame, not your skin? No matter how lovely your skin itself may be, A coarse-textured powder robs it of its fine, smooth look. To prove this for yourself, just compare the texture of my Lady Esther powder with the powder you're now using. My powder is the result of a great deal of scientific research to find the most flattering texture, the right texture to make your skin look as fine and smooth as possible. The moment you apply Lady Esther face powder, you'll see the amazing difference. You'll see how it conceals tiny lines, little blemishes makes pores look far less conspicuous. And my powder never gives a heavy, mask-like look. Instead, it makes your skin look far more delicate, more feminine. All you need to do is try my Lady Esther face powder, and you'll see the amazing difference. Next week, Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present the best years of our lives. It will star Dana Andrews, Donna Reed, and Virginia Mayo. Be sure to listen. J. Arthur Rank's Brief Encounter was produced and directed by Bill Lawrence, adapted by Harry Cronman, and was presented through the courtesy of Universal International Pictures, who are now releasing Mr. Rank's Odd Man Out, starring James Mason. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Herbert Marshall appeared through the courtesy of the Frigidaire Division of General Motors, and can be heard every Thursday night over this same network in the popular mystery drama A Man Called X, and will soon be seen in Sam Wood's picture Ivy. Billy Palmer appeared through the courtesy of Milton Sperling, and her newest picture soon to be released is Body and Soul, in which she is co-starred with John Garfield. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. (laughs) 